Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Isla, the show of Ardbeg, lyrics, boxing, and so much more. I've been wanting to interview Cameron George, the national brand ambassador for Ardbeg for years now. I think we first met right before pandemic, and he and Dan Cole from Glen Morgan, they started a podcast. So, you know, it's nice to interview a fellow podcaster, a fellow interviewer. They conduct conversations quite brilliantly. And I learned a lot about Cameron. This is one of my favorite interviews I've done. It worked so well. You know, I often talk about these interviews as being this jazz duo. I'm not being cheeky. I really do mean it. The ebbs and the flows, those differences and rhythms. It was really brilliant to talk to you, Cameron. So without further ado, I hope you all enjoyed this great chat with Cameron George. Yeah, 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 he's the, new to the it. Yeah. Blue hair. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. And, you know, I've been in that, been in uh, Seven Grand here in Austin a, a bunch of times. I think that's where we met. Actually, yep. I can't yeah. remember what for, it was, but uh, it was uh, after Whiskey um, X. Oh, Whiskey in, X. That's right. What 2019? Yeah, some some time ago. Yep. It was a while. I like the the culture of whiskey mostly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mostly, mostly. Yeah. Well, so here's something that I, that I noticed about you, because you know, we're talking your Southern Grand Piano, my living room, whatever, and your grandma was an opera, is, was opera singer? Was, yeah. Okay. And you mentioned in an interview some time ago, that didn't pass along to you, that musical proclivity. No. However, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm to guess something. I don't know if I'm right, but I've noticed the distinct improvement in your vocabulary mm. and distinct improvement in how you express yourself verbally in the interviews over the years yeah were you ever a lyricist or a rapper nope nothing nope. Uh, really all right that's a lie okay <laughs> i can't believe you asked this question um at one point in time uh i did make one song you one, did yeah, that counts yeah. one of my one of my good friends keegan from a long long time ago i had a recording studio uh-huh. in, uh in in a, like um, the shed out back of his parents' house. <laughs> right. So I used to go hang out over there and we would write, you know, write occasionally. And yeah. I, I did jump on the mic once and record it. It was very short lived. That track will never see the light of day. But how did ever. you feel about it after, though? Uh, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I guess vocabulary has always been something that's uh, an, an ability to communicate oneself has always been very important to me mm. um, because of my family as well. Would, would, what's that tie in there? Yeah, so uh, my my mother's an attorney. My aunts are attorneys. Oh, my grandmother yeah. was, you know, an opera singer. Uh, and then when I was a kid, my dad would make me write at least one story a week. And so fiction, nonfiction, just about whatever I wanted to write no about. No kidding, yeah, exactly. So I grew up um, writing and utilizing a, a, a swath of uh, of vocabulary and, and words from all around all around the world world and different diasporas. Um, I would also say my mom is 
got just an incredibly generous and very kind heart. Yeah. Uh, she can be very pointed when she needs to be. She's very powerful and very, very strong. Yeah. Kind of this personality when she walks into a room, like you feel her presence uh -huh. before you even Charisma. see her. Yeah, definitely. And um, it was another very fun thing that we used to do when I was a kid is she would, uh, I would use a word and she'd say, spell it. Oh, and then if man. you couldn't use, if you couldn't spell it correctly, she would make you use a different word. Okay, if we have this next thing in common, um, I'm going to take a shot of this Zardbeg. <laughs> Same here. Mm -hmm. uh, I just was creatively driven to write as a kid. I don't know why, mm -hmm. and then it's kind of resurfaced later. But I, did you ever win a spelling bee? I never won okay, a spelling okay. bee. I All never right. won a spelling bee. I should have. I, I probably should have. <laughs> again, I had stage fright. Did you really? I, I grew up having pretty immense stage fright if it wasn't an athletic endeavor. Oh. Um, like to this day, if you ask me to karaoke, uh -huh. I'll, I'll knock over everything in this room attempting to leave and flee no as quickly kidding. as possible. Which yeah. sport then was your, I can't tell, but like everything, kind of everything except for football. Interesting. Oh. I never played football, but um, basketball, baseball, my mom played tennis in oh, college. No so okay. I grew up playing tennis, actually played a couple of weeks ago as oh, well. Good. Still got it. Yeah. Still, still was able to, to serve, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's very rich kind of, tapestry of, of background for you yeah very which I, I love that it's this blend at least so far of the physicality but then also intellectually mm -hmm. right were you relatively well traveled as a kid absolutely yeah. i mean that's why there's a proclivity for scotch whiskey actually mm. is because the shetland isles were the first place i visited outside of the u.s really? obviously you have to stop in london to, to get yeah, there yeah, yeah. um but uh that trip was the first international trip that we ever took as a family i think i was maybe i was eight actually because oh, wow. my sister would have been about four mm -hmm. and i have this just very profound memory of us playing around outside of london heathrow uh my dad tickling my sister and then she falls and busts her chin open oh, and we no. had to start the uh the vacation by taking her to the hospital oh. so she get get some stitches in in london man it's it's it's, it's interesting that this we we all come from this place i think something that drives me not only when I'm asking questions to people, because I really mm. love people, and I think you love people too, hence yeah. why you've been in hospitality so long. But I have this just undying, insatiable curiosity for things. Yeah. Do you same. find this, that you're the same way? Yeah, very, very much so. And actually, it was Dan and I were just talking about um, uh, Dave Broom's new book, uh -huh. uh, A Sense of Place. And in that book, he he acknowledges that that whiskey enthusiasts oftentimes ask how but i mm, feel like mm. people like us take another step forward and ask why yes, yes um and that inquisitive nature is something that i has been insatiable for me mm. since i was a kid as well have you and i know this is maybe a strange question but have you ever considered having a podcast dan and i actually did run a podcast oh, oh, for a little right. bit during the pandemic yeah, yeah. um i it's something that i would love love to get back to because you know first off i'm a, a massive podcast enthusiast yeah, yeah. um but then also in terms of bringing other people's stories to mm -hmm. the world and to light um, there's something powerful about being the vehicle for people to learn about um situations about uh about circumstances mm. and about people from different walks of life as well it's that's a, a beautiful way to look at it mm -hmm. i this is not going to be a political conversation but people love joe rogan for some yeah. reason right i, I don't <laughs> if people i don't give a shit i really yeah. don't you know why i don't like him mm. 
He's a shitty interviewer. Yeah. It's always about him. Yes. And so I look at it, interviewing as an art, and I think you do too, because you just revealed what I think is at the crux of it. Mm. And that is, we're merely here to be a vehicle for the guests to share their life. And I always set out to make sure whoever listens to this fucking thing, that they fall in love with you. Yeah. And there's only one way to fall in love with somebody, and that's to know them. Exactly. You know? But besides the the verbal part of it, which is the podcasting element, do you still write as exercise? Do you write creatively, maybe a memoir of some sort? Some yeah, country? absolutely. I mean, I think that um, in my day-to-day life and operation as as National Ambassador for Ardbeg, oftentimes I'm writing, whether it be tasting notes, stories of mm-hmm. the place as well. Um, but then in my own kind of uh, sheltered palace of you know solitude that mm-hmm. I exist in, um, <laughs> yes, I do still write uh, memoir. I also um, journal a lot as oh, well. Um, one of the things I love about uh, the career path that, that I've been able to, uh, to to voyage down is that it takes me to a lot of really interesting places, mm. and I get to meet a lot of incredible people, mm. but I don't have the best memory. Oh. Um, so I have to write things down. Interesting. Um, or else they were here today and gone three days from now. It is a weird thing sometimes that there are these moments. I, I get why people might take pictures of cocktails. I mean, I yeah. do it not ad nauseum. I get why people might take pictures of dishes they've eaten and mm-hmm. things. There's people that do it so that you know what that they're eating, and then there's people that do it for for memory. But how often? So we know that that also something that smudges the lens a bit is if you drink a bit of scotch yeah. whiskey, right? <laughs> do you have a practice to? commemorate these things like on a nightly basis this journaling is it when you first wake up how does it really register for you yeah uh so i try to journal at least twice a week um usually my journaling day is is first off on monday Mm. and then when i have time on on saturdays as well oh that's pretty good um i you know again the monday saturday split actually came from when i was when i was behind the bar Mm -hmm. Um, i used to not work on mondays Mm -hmm. and so it would give me time to sit with my own thoughts um and i actually used to do it after therapy Um, yes so it would uh, it would i would go into my therapy session and then journal immediately after afterwards um and then on saturdays I would wake up in the morning and journal before going into what was inevitably a very, very, very busy day. Interesting. So no. kind of creating some inner peace a little bit. Exactly. To, to get mise en place of one's thoughts. Exactly. Right? Yep. Through this mechanism of journaling, which I, I've been writing articles, I'd say. It's kind of journaling, but I, I do write it in a way that I want people to be able to understand there's a larger mm-hmm. point, there's plot devices and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I've really quickly learned a lot about myself through the writing and journaling is probably something even more introspective so let's say lately as you continue to maybe pursue therapy you continue to unwind the things that are in your mind have you learned anything about yourself that's more clear now than it ever has been yeah absolutely um i think especially this year one of the themes of my journaling has been that um I have a shorter fuse and shorter temper than mm. I thought I did. Um, 
you know, I've always run a little hot, mm -hmm. um, very much so. The when you look up what a Leo is supposed to be, there might as well be a photo of me. Um, so, My two ex wives, man, Antonio. Right? Yeah, I'm I'm the atypical Leo male. Um, you know, but. This year, I've realized that my journalings have been, there's been an element and a through line of like frustration, oh. um, which seems a little bit more out of place because the world usually knows me as this smiley, very, mm. um, you know, very friendly individual. And I think, you know, human beings exist in multitudes yes. and we're supposed to be multidimensional and have and many different complexities, yeah. right? Um, and one of the ones that, that again, has come out to me through just reading back about my journaling this year has been this um, uh, just a, a frustration. And it's not at anybody in particular. Mm -hmm. I think it's at a lot of the state of the world. Mm. Um, because, again, Leo's take on a lot of um, uh, a lot of stress from other people yeah, as well. Right. right. Like we we when we're up, we're up. And when we're down, we're down. Yeah. And so because of the state of the world. I feel like I've been more frustrated in 2023 um, than than I ever have been before. I mean, that's incredibly insightful. Yeah. But then I guess it begs the question, knowing that this is in clear, clear plain sight, mm -hmm. what do you do to mitigate that? Yeah. Um, find joy whenever wow. possible. Um, you know, again, it's very difficult, especially with the lifestyle that, that ambassadors lead where we're traveling constantly. Mm -hmm. It is very difficult to take moments of solitude and moments for yourself and to be in the place that you want to be mm -hmm. with the people that you want to be around. Um, so trying to, to find ways to integrate that into my work life has become very, 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 um, prominent in yeah. 2023 as well that's brilliant yeah. because i have a little bit of experience with leo's blowing up on yeah. me <laughs> i don't think we're gonna go there here this <laughs> afternoon which is good but i know there's they like the attention yeah and that's fine i like some some attention you know i'd rather the attention be on other people to yeah. be honest when you do these tastings like you did last night at seven grand where you really have for lack of a better term, a captive audience. Mm -hmm. Is that something that keeps you in the game, that keeps you engaged, knowing that, in a way, everyone's hinging on your next word? Yeah. You know, um, this is a really interesting question because it, it's I can tackle it from two different directions. Mm -hmm. um, I think direction A is that, yes, being a Leo and being somebody who is an extrovert by mm -hmm, nature mm -hmm. Um, of course, I do love a little bit of that that limelight, yes. um, you know, that that leading a whiskey tasting uh, brings you. But very similarly to like conducting a podcast, the same way that we speak about, you know, using Joe Rogan as an as an example, mm -hmm. having a figure that is so large and looming oftentimes casts a shadow on the subject oh, that is point. supposed yeah. to be the focal point. Yeah, and so. The second part of my answer would be that when I am leading a tasting, of course, I want to do it with my own personality, but I'm not the focus. Mm -hmm. To be yeah. honest, the whiskey isn't even the focus. The focus is on the person who, in the person or the people that are sitting across from me or sitting, um, you know, directly, you know, uh, at the table yeah. with the tasting mat and their glasses of whiskey. Because to fall in love with whiskey is to rediscover 
elements of yourself, mm. we're an amalgamation of our own lived experiences. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, the most beautiful represent representation of our own lived experiences. And to nose, to taste, to delve all of your senses into what's happening in a glass, you have to call on those lived experiences. So it means that you basically need to reevaluate your life understanding of the culture, the circumstances that you come from, and then find things reflected in that glass of whiskey. That, I had a moment when I was, this is all tied together. I was at the Museum of Modern Art in Edinburgh. One, one, I got two, so mm -hmm. this is part one, right? And the entrance to that thing is fucking spectacular. Yeah. As you walk up this cobblestone through the woods, basically. But I saw a piece, and I can't recall who the piece was from, but if someone I had heard, I don't think it's Jasper Johns, but there's some Jasper Johns work there. And just like that glass of whiskey, when you are faced with a piece of surrealist art or impressionism, mm. the only way you can interpret that art is through the lens, which is, you said, an amalgamation of those experiences. And so that's maybe the beauty of whiskey, too. Yeah. Do you think people look at it that way, though? Some people, I think they think it's a means to an end. It's a way to get high, you know, all these kinds of things. But do you find more and more that people do want to experience it, not just taste it? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I mean, in 2023, now we have distilleries who have quadrupled their, their distillery output, have have massively grown in in terms of uh, in in terms of size, mm -hmm. and then now you have consumers that want to visit not only to taste the whiskeys but also to experience right, to that, feel it right. Like whiskey yeah. tur tourism is alive and well, yeah. and whiskey tourism wouldn't exist if it wasn't for people asking the question like, well, why does this taste this way? Yes, and trying trying with everything that they have to understand. Um, what the place, what the people are trying to tell you in the form that is liquid. I mean, uh, whiskey is a solution, like chemically. And, and pragmatically. All, yeah, and <laughs> pragmatically, right, as well, right? You know, yeah. it's it maybe not a solution to all of our problems. You <laughs> know, a a yeah. good few, at least. <laughs> exactly, so. But a good few of them, yeah. for sure. Um, you know, so I definitely think that in 2023 now, more, more so than in the 90s or in the early 2000s, um, I definitely think that people are looking at whiskey with this doe, like this doe-eyed kind of um, uh, affinity for yeah. it. Not only because it's delicious and we should drink more of it, but then also because we do see ourselves represented in it. I love that because then it makes it more art than it ever was. Exactly, because you can't experience a piece of art or a good glass of any spirit, yeah, unless you allow yourself to feel something about it. Yeah, and you feel about things because you've been there exactly which, there's a question i certainly want to get to but i i just got back from Iowa like a week and a half mm -hmm. ago and it, it it changed my life yeah i've been all around the world so if you i'm not jealous or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> no trips to isla for me this year oh no really um, yeah no trips to scotland for me this year oh what uh, a bummer i know i well, know we'll just have to do some kind of side fundraising get your ass exactly out there. i hope my bosses hear this <laughs> oh, they're, oh they're gonna hear no, it i will make sure it. that you're i love here. it but what does Isla feel like to you? Yeah, man. That's such a difficult one and such an easy one at the exact same right? time. Um, when I was first hired about five years ago, 
I went and I stayed at Ardbeg for about a month. Oh, wow. Um, and so Isla now feels like a like a place that I don't want to say home, mm-hmm. but a place that part, that my soul resonates with that feels familiar. Right? Right, right. And it felt that way the second that I stepped foot onto the island. Exactly. I mean, I, I went to Isla for the first time well before I worked for Ardbeg. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to me, the overcast rainy days felt like growing up in, oh, in Seattle, Seattle yeah. right? Sure. Um, that smell, somebody used it yesterday, that the chemical compound of petrichor uh-huh, during yeah. our tasting. They were like, it smells like petrichor. And I was like, you've been doing your reading. Yeah, You're yeah. a nerd and I love it. Yeah. Um, and to me, I was like, that's something that's resonant with the circumstances that I grew up in, right? And the smell of, of, of rain in July in Seattle mm-hmm. and then the asphalt immediately heating up because the sun has started to come out and yeah. the mist has started to clear. Isla feels the exact same way oftentimes to me. Now, mm. on top of that, you know, I've never been uh, somebody who's who's inclined to go out on uh, on long sea vessels and, and voyages. Um, but taking the ferry over to, to Isla again reminded me of taking the ferries back and forth between Seattle and Vashon mm. um, up in the Pacific Northwest. So again, another element of the sense of place that that seems to communicate right down to every fiber of my being mm. um you know and then you know of course uh one of the most beautiful aspects uh, of isla is like actually walking around the island itself yes um i grew up in in seattle obviously which is a very walking friendly uh, environment mm-hmm. and very walking mm-hmm. friendly city um so i oftentimes could be as as a kid had to walk from you know uh, the central district all the way over to the community center up these long hills. Right. So taking these jaunts up to Lac Ugedal, um, again, it's very familiar to me. It's yeah. so it, that that parallel I didn't draw, but yeah. it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And I, and I I wrote about this and put out a piece last time because it's so resonant. And there is a distinct possibility, given much of my lineage is from Scotland. Mm-hmm. That this is the first time I've there, and I felt connected just from the moment I got into Edinburgh. You know? Yeah. But there was something about I was at the Port Charlotte Hotel. Yep. Pop the window open. A little difficult window yeah. to get open. I, mean, I work out and shit. It's yeah. hard to get it. But <laughs> once I saw everything that was out in front of me, that coastline, the birds, and felt that that always brisk mm-hmm. air against my face, I like I started crying. Yeah. Um. And I still go think back, and it's like really moving. And I, and I don't, I don't know why, and I don't think I need to know why. But to echo one of your points, there's something that connects with your soul there. Yeah. And I don't. You have any idea what that could be? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, interestingly, Isla is a very complex, like geographical landscape. Yeah. It's actually two different islands that have kind of force welded themselves mm. together over millennia um the northern side of the island is actually significantly older than the southern than the southern side Mm. the northern side actually shares a um like geographic like thumbprint um Mm -hmm. uh or sorry like geological thumbprint would probably be the better word there um that is actually similar and kind of akin to a lot of the igneous rock that you'd find in south america Mm. um so there's this 
there's this really interesting conversation that can be had about connection between human beings and then the the ground that is underneath our feet ah. right so the northern side of the island actually would have been some of the very first rock and um, geological formations that would have formed on the planet oh my god um so there is this immense connectivity between humanity and um the sense of place that is isla it's, mm. itself you know it, it's difficult to articulate until you go there and yeah, you feel yeah. it it's one of these instances where um if you ever like listen to a song that made all of the hairs on your arms Absolutely, stand up yeah. it's a very very similar um resonant like frequency mm -hmm, that kind of mm -hmm. runs through isla as soon as i step foot onto that island Every hair on my body stands up. I'm alert. I, I'm I'm aware of my circumstances and the situation and how important it is. Not only from the for, for the people that live there, but the the hundreds of thousands and millions of people that can trace trace their ancestry back there as well. Of which I can too. Oh, that's uh, amazing. Yeah. yeah, like I I I think it's just as few as my great grandfather, like mm -hmm. or as as most recent or as recent as yeah. That. Yeah, there's something about that. And you've been to Oaxaca. I've been to Oaxaca. Mm -hmm. There's a similar tone Agreed. in the north, the Sierra Norte, like in, yeah. when you're up around the clouds and stuff. But still not as resonant. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's very strange, um, but lovely and beautiful, and yeah. it's addictive because I can't think. <laughs> you know, I've over the years, rather as a younger man, there'd be women I was kind of seeing, and I was yeah. like, I was just like totally obsessed with them, you know. But I'm obsessed with island. Mm -hmm. But I think it's because something is exuding from the land itself exactly i can't describe it yeah and I mean, the you look at even the way that people have heated their homes and cooked their food and made their whiskey was wholly dependent on the, on, on the land beneath yeah. their feet like there are again broom speaks about it at length in in his uh, in his newest book as well but there are heritage barley strains that have grown and could only thrive on the islands of of the Hebridean islands uh -huh. and then up on like Orkney and you know near Sky as yeah, well yeah. Um, because of the the very unique thumbprint of the acidic soil there so you have this communication between like nature mm -hmm. and mankind mm -hmm. that those two things are um, run in parallel path and benefit from each other oftentimes oh it's so symbiotic yeah and being in a city you're you're still located in seattle yeah? yep mm -hmm. even austin which no austin's a city i mean you can get out of the city yeah. and stuff but like you don't you hear the other noises mm -hmm. but you don't hear nature yeah. and in isla you hear it yeah you hear it all you hear it all mm -hmm. yeah it's it's really quite incredible so yeah i'm gonna take that moment here just like god damn yeah <laughs> it was such a beautiful experience i gotta go back and i gotta in, you know, go visit y'all too yeah I think one of my favorite memories on Isla actually is uh, I love the place, but I have just a supreme affinity for the people mm -hmm. um, because they understand what it means, what it, what the essence of the word community means. Oh my goodness. Yes. Right. And like that fabric is, is almost impossible to dilute or to, to tear apart. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and honestly, I see a lot of it resonated in like my upbringing as as a black man here in here in the U.S. Right? There's this acknowledging of one another and an ability to make each other feel seen mm-hmm. um, and take care of each other mm-hmm. as well. That when I first got to experience what it means to be community on Isla, yeah. there was another immediate parallel um, oh, yeah. because there's this protective nature. There's this. Um, will do anything to sacrifice to make sure that my uh, my neighbors to my left and to my right are able to thrive. Yes. Um, there's this, you know, this it, it's it's just beautiful, right? And so one of my favorite memories was actually hanging out in the inn in Port, uh, in Port Charlotte. Oh, no. Right? And we're hanging out late night, and there may have been a, a, a beautiful young lass <laughs> that I immediately made eye contact with across the bar and, you know, had a couple of whiskeys, whiskey one, and I was mm-hmm. like, all right, whiskey two, whiskey three. And I was like, I'm going to go talk to her. Yeah, I'll, I'll right. do it. Right. So I go over and I start talking to her and, uh, she's there with a group of, a uh, group of, of her friends, um, and actually coworkers. And they actually worked over at Bamore. Oh, dope. And so we're hanging out and, uh, it's a bunch of my coworkers. And then our groups kind of just melded and merged together. Mm. And just this really interesting tapestry of, of people hanging out in the bar. And then, you know, it gets to be the end of the evening and they're like, Hey, you want to come over to like our house? And so we all go back over. There's this oh, one woman uh, who was maybe 65, 70, uh-huh. um, who worked at Beaumont and she had been at Beaumont for about 30 years or so. And we go back to her house and we're hanging out, drinking more whiskey. All of a sudden she goes to the kitchen and we're in her kitchen and she opens up this cupboard above her, um, uh, above, uh, her stove yeah. and pulls out this plastic jug. It's almost this like maple syrup, dark, deep brown liquid. Uh-huh. And immediately we're like, this is obviously whiskey we're about to drink. Yep. It's some 45-year-old Bamor oh, that she gosh. just had hanging out in a, in a plastic bottle. And uh, then she ended up breaking out the bagpipes. Oh. And, you know, at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, I think that was one of the most elic experiences that I could have ever asked for. And it stemmed from me just going over and talking to a, a girl at the bar at the bar and i got something that was in, just in many many different ways something that i'll never forget for the rest of my life no those kinds of moments we have to be open to them you know mm-hmm. that's actually what it is your point of going and talking to the last across the bar there always has to be a little bit of an ignition yeah you know you meet amazing people randomly mm. but you sometimes just have to say hi yeah just have to say hi and you never know what's in store and i think in the states outside of the hospitality industry which there's you, you always know someone who knows someone mm-hmm. who's in seattle and it's like oh and, you know but outside of that in the states i just i don't feel it runs as as deeply here yeah you know yeah that hospitality yeah there, subcultures though and sure and su- subcultures there is this connective like fabric and tissue oh absolutely right? like yeah. i mean yeah but but as a whole if you look at like a wide swath of people um we don't have this like meniscus or this connective tissue no. that that and ties that bind us right in the same ways that that isla does and that elix do i agree yeah something i was thinking because when kind of listen back on some interviews with you and, and such and some of my assumptions i'm gonna pat myself on the back which i seldom do i, I was right because like I, I could tell you really focused on elocution the words you use mm. and that's something i find we have 
much in common, especially if you're on a microphone and it's like, I'm in here. You yeah. Know, the, yeah. <laughs> the volume of the voice, the words you use, all this stuff. And if I had a, often at work, at meetings at work, I'll take tallies of all the ums I hear. Yeah. And if it became a drinking game, I would have died years ago. You would ago. have died years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is the thing is that you're obviously insightful. You're passionate, likable, all these things, right? And this is not to give you compliments. That's not the point. But it sets a stage for something you said some years ago that I don't understand why this would have happened. Hmm. And apparently you were asked to leave college. <laughs> what, with whatever detail you can share, what, <laughs> what are kind of some of the circumstances surrounding that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, when I see we would have had to drink right there because I, <laughs> I let one go. You know, when I was entering college i had one thing on the two things on the mind mm. um hanging out and partying and playing basketball mm, mm. um you know i went to, to college on a basketball scholarship i absolutely love the things in the less life lessons and the mental fortitude that playing sports um lent me yeah but i didn't follow through with the um the fidelity that i should have uh in in, I guess, focusing all areas of my life with the same level of execution that I did on the basketball court. I so I didn't study the mm -hmm. way that I should have. I didn't attend class the way that I should have. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't pass all of the required testing, sure. <laughs> drug testing. Uh, the, the, Which now in you know, hindsight, like who gives a exactly. shit, right? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Now in hindsight, you know, but everything, everything is, is more valuable in hindsight, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, during those early years in, in college, I was a little wayward mm. and, you know, I, I lost, I lost my path for sure. Mm. And mm. so the college that I was attending, we had a difference of opinions. Yeah. And so they said, hey, maybe don't come back here next year. <laughs> uh, and it honestly, it was something that was hugely divisive for, um, you know, my family yeah. as well. Cause I'm the only one in my family without a college degree. Mm -hmm. You know, my sister is incredibly, she, she takes after my mom, uh, my mom and my aunts, obviously being, being attorneys are, are incredibly learned and, and very, very, um, active in their uh, in their communities yeah. and, and speak and preach highly about the merits of higher education, sure. which I do believe in, but it just wasn't the pathway for me at the time. There's something to be said about reinvestigating that. I do yeah, a lot maybe. of like continued learning courses mm -hmm. now. Um, just applied for a, a, a Harvard Business School course as oh, well. Um, but at the time, it wasn't. I didn't have the the maturity, the level of maturity to dedicate my life to the thing that I was passionate about. Right. And that was something that, you know, now in 2023, in hindsight, I'm able to call my younger self out for that. Mm. Um, I do believe that like lessons don't mean jack if you don't learn from them oh, totally. and then implement in real world practice yeah. what you've learned. And so now that level of attention to detail, that level of um, of passion and investment and over investing in not only the thing that sits directly in front of you, but like the things that may be on its peripheries that do matter and do mean something to it. So like in the case of whiskey, not only just learning about Ardbeg, 
but learning about organic chemistry, mm -hmm. learning a bit more about the history of the Highland clearances, what it means for Scottish culture, all of those things, while they may sit at the periphery of the whiskey world, they all matter, right? Yeah. They all yeah. add up to what sits in your glass, they converge right? They converge. So that's a lesson that I took from my past failure as a student mm. um, and have reacclimated and kind of repurposed into my profession but I also believe that we're always students at the same time. If you allow yourself to be. Yeah. If you're not learning, you're dying. Exactly. In my opinion. Yep. Or to quote in the voice again, because I want to do this. I said this yesterday. If you get busy living yeah. or get busy dying. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is a Shawshank thing. But that's what it is. And yeah. for me, living's learning. Yeah. You have to. Exactly. They're, they're inextricably linked. Linked. Yeah. True. So I got a couple questions left for you. This is the thing is it was someone with such a a rich palette of experiences we could have done this in any number of ways. We could have talked about the sound of music, which I, it's fine. I like Julie <laughs> Andrews. I don't really want to talk about it. Um, we could talk about Rush Hour, which yeah. I love films. Yeah. Um, great film. Leave yeah. it that. I love Chris Tucker. Great film. I somehow like how Samuel Jackson killed him in Jackie Brown. Yep. <laughs> I thought that was real tragic. It yep. was really good. Tarantino mm -hmm. nailed it. The only stuff he never wrote. But kind of in this moment now, kind of learning a little bit more about you, you must love a lot mm. romantically yeah and i won't make any assumptions about having a partner or not but when it comes to getting married or these things you can hang your hat on or starting a family do these things matter to you Is this part of the plan for you as well because sometimes the endless curiosity about the world can say well i don't necessarily want to be tied down not that those two things are mutually exclusive, right? But for you, what does that mean? What does family mean, starting a family, these kinds of things? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, coming from a fragmented uh, family, one that, you know, I, I have family all over the world, you know, here in the States from Alabama to actually over in, in Houston as oh, nice. well. A lot of family down in Houston used to spend my summers down there. Mm. Um, lots of family in the Bay Area. And then obviously my, my mother is up in Seattle. Right. So uh, starting a family of my own is definitely something that I have wanted. Um, but this inquisitive kind of traveler's heart at the same time, and the more that you get to see of the world, the more you want. The, exactly. The yeah. more of it that you want. Yeah. And so starting a family has fallen onto the after the back burners yeah. um, for sure. And it's also, you know, I think an element of, um, you know, if I can open up on the microphone here as well, um, fear, right? Mm -hmm. There's there's a level of 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 fear for me, uh, specifically I think because you know I've great examples of marriage and long term fidelity. Again, to use that term, right? Are short and in in are in short supply. Yeah, right, right. right. Um, I look at. Dan, my one of my best friends dan and dan and becky oh been, um, they've been together forever exactly yeah that to me is one of the truest um you know uh, iterations of of a healthy loving marriage and yeah. relationship i admire it right i admire the absolute Absolutely. hell out of it i actually just asked our bosses i was like hey you know our plus ones allowed at you know our company christmas party yeah because i love dan 
but I love Becky. <laughs> right? I was like, I want to make sure that like, Dan's bringing Becky because, you know, like we, whenever we all hang out. Well, no one really loves a drummer, <laughs> right, let's be right? honest. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Dan. Uh, yeah, but we have the best time, right? And so if it's not that, then I don't want it, Yeah. right? Um, I haven't, I didn't grow up in a, in a family that, you know, uh, my, my, both of my parents are, are still alive, thankfully. Um, but they're not together, right? Mm-hmm. And they haven't been together since I was 11, mm. you know? Um, so, you know, that from, from the jump, I had an example of like a parenting and, and family dynamic that, um, was slightly warped yeah. and I don't want to say broken, um, but wasn't the cookie cutter and wasn't mm-hmm. atypical, wasn't yeah. atypical. Um, so for me, you know, if it, if it's, if it is not healthy and, um, flexible and flexible. able to change yeah. and evolve as we evolve, then I don't want it. And finding a partner that is okay with, you know, the changes that you may go through as an individual and then also the iterations that that relationship is going to go through. Yeah. Uh, through my 20s was very, very difficult to find. And in my early 30s now, it, it's still proving to be elusive. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. It could be a whole other podcast that we start about love. Yeah. And then the good and Stupid things yeah, we do for absolutely it. the same. A lot of stupid things on my side here. Yeah, same. A lot thing. of them. Same. <laughs> but you know, we'll get it out into the ether via our writing. Exactly. And someone can peer in if they want to take yeah. the time to actually read it on the page. Yep. All right. So I got one question left for you. Mm-hmm. It, it, here's the thing. You know, to preface all of this is like we talk about Dan, Dan Cole from Glamorangy. We talk about David Blackmore from Glamorangy mm-hmm. and Ardbag and didn't talk about dr bill but it's just great players involved great brands and, and I, I love this stuff and art bag is really close to my heart because of the team yeah so that being said my last question for you and I ask everybody is let's say you're sipping any art bag it doesn't matter which one anywhere in the world also doesn't matter but you can have a conversation with any musician mm. kind of catering into you specifically any musician living or deceased, who might you like to have a dram and a conversation with? Ooh, yeah. This is a, honestly, this is a great question. It's not that hard of one. I've, okay. I already have it preloaded here. Is it uh, because you knew I was going to ask you? No. Okay, uh, good. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, you know, I, I definitely, I had an inkling that we would broach it, yeah. that we'd broach it, but I, I didn't, you know, put this one in the back pocket. Um, I actually just had a really interesting experience with this musician. What? Um, and... It didn't go the way that I thought or hoped that it would. Oh, I love so this. So I would love, absolutely love and relish the opportunity to share one of my absolute favorite whiskeys, which is Ardbeg's Arnambeisht, uh-huh. um, with the one and only uh, Jay-Z. Oh, shit. Um, I would love, love, love that opportunity and kind of a mulligan yeah. again, if I could. Um, we didn't get to, you know, be properly introduced or anything like that. Um, you know, it was a, a very brief exchange that just what left me feeling like, oh man, I want that. I want that back. I want to do that again. Oh right? wow. Um, but Jay Z's insights into art, yeah, individual expression, mm-hmm. um, family yeah. as well, generational wealth, building generational wealth, what it means to to um, 
truly look back at yourself and at your family and how to do better than the people that came before you. Right. All of those things very much so resonate with me. Um, and, you know, I will fist fight anybody who tells me that the Black Album is not one of the most beautiful works of, um, at least in the hip hop and rap genre, mm-hmm. uh, artistic expressions. And you both have an affinity and a passion for words. Absolutely. Very much so. And how you put them on the page, how you articulate them yes. into the air. Amazing answer. I love it. Man, I've been fascinated in this quick, even though we've been chatting 40 minutes, surprisingly, right? But like, I'm just fascinated to learn more about you. Yeah. And again, not to flatter it, because Leo's, they get off on that shit. Oh, right? it's, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to push people out of the way in the airport now because of all of these compliments. Did you hear what he said about me? Did you hear what he said about me? This fucking guy from Austin, Texas. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, I'm, I'm glad we finally did it. It's taken a couple years, but the timing finally worked out, Cameron, and just really a pleasure to get to chat with you, mate. Of course. Hopefully we'll do it soon. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you very much for not only this, but then all of the incredible conversations and the light that you shed, not only on the spirits from around the world, but then also the individuals who create these things as well. That's, you know, almost even more powerful than imbibing on the liquid is is getting drunk on the persona and the personalities. See, now I'm turning into a Leo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, dude. We'll talk soon. Love it. Cheers. Well, there we have it, Cameron, George, a Leo. I don't care. You all can squint and shake your head. I use these things very loosely, Aquarius things, Leo things. But the vibrance of Cameron's personality, that fire, you can tell. There's fire there. There's passion there. And it was really a great conversation. And I feel like it was incredibly transparent. Sometimes guests don't reveal things. They don't want to. And I, I appreciate that element I just I don't find myself to be that way, and I don't think Cameron is that way either. And I can't wait to try the new Heavy Vapors release from Ardbeg. I've got so many Ardbegs. I keep wanting more Ardbegs. So thanks so much, Cameron, for sitting down and chatting with me. We'll have to do it again over some drinks. And thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter how you're really enjoying this cooler weather in Austin because it gives you time to take morning walks comfortably, or if you're thinking... I got a lot of meetings for a Thursday. Please keep dancing. <laughs>